Good morning. This is Disability Justice, an everyday pursuit in survival. Your host, John Griffiths. And Dina Wilder, board operator. First off, I'd just like to introduce Jennifer Knapp, Executive Director of Community Vision. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. Thanks, John. So, yes, I am Jennifer Knapp. Uh, my position is is Executive Director of Community Vision, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But a little bit about me. I have been working with folks with disabilities for about 20 years now. Most of that uh, was in Illinois. It's where I'm from. And I moved to Oregon about six years ago. So when I was in Illinois, um, actually started as an activist, working to help um, folks with disabilities be able to live in the community as opposed to in institutions. Um, and then I founded an organization called Community Choices, where worked as a cooperative with people with disabilities and their families for them to be able to live independently and get jobs and, and be connected. So this is my life's work. And I have always been dedicated to having folks with disabilities be able to have a voice and be able to determine what their lives look like. Oh, I didn't know all that. <laughs> So, I mean, what exactly does the executive director do at Community Vision? That's a great question. The executive director job is to, to run the organization. And so for me, I kind of think about that in, in a couple of big areas. One area is I am responsible for making sure that we have enough money to do our work. So that is, is making sure that uh, we have the income and that we're spending money in the way that we should be. So I have responsibility of the, the financial side. The second is internally making sure that our, our programs are running as they should, that we're doing what we say we will for people. Um, and so I, I supervise our program director who then supervises all of the, the folks in the programs. And so making sure that we're meeting our goals and being able to, to deliver on the programs that we say we will. The third area is working on strategic vision and working with the board of directors and figuring out what is the, the impact that community vision wants to make. That's a big part of my job is thinking forward and, and figuring out where do we want to be in the future. And then the fourth is external working. So um, that is working with other people in the state of Oregon. So like through the DD coalition, which I know you know of John, and you're a part of that as well, working with other providers on things like rate models and uh, improving our services and the capacity um, locally, the external work is working with housing developers and people in homeless services so that where people with disabilities um, are homeless themselves working in that area, as well as things like universal design so that folks with disabilities can be included in all of the spaces in our community. Um, and then also working in things like employment where we're trying to establish opportunities for people with disabilities to work in the green industry. So kind of all those external connections are the fourth part of my job. And you also have, uh, I mean, you personally have helped out with advocacy efforts such as self-advocates taking action, build a movement. And, you know, as you stated before, being a part of a coalition and 
And uh, I know we touched a little bit about this, or, uh, you know, in your previous statements, but I mean, what is it that uh, community vision uh, really does? I mean, um, you had talked about housing and employment and stuff like that. I mean, are you guys advocating on that? Are you actually doing the housing or anything else like that? I mean, what do you guys actually, you know, I mean, can you get to down to, I, I guess, the meat? So Community Vision has four programs, and in each of those programs, we do some direct service. And then there is, for some of them, the more like advocacy or capacity building side too. So most of what we get paid to do is the direct support side on each of them. So the four programs... And just out of curiosity, but people may not know what direct support is. Could you explain direct support, please? Of course. Yeah. So when I say direct support, what I mean is actually working with people with disabilities to have some impact on their lives. So I'll, I'll tell you what that means in each of our different programs. So the first program that we have is supported living. And what, what we do, the direct support that we offer is actually having staff members who work in people's homes, apartments, in the community, working one-on-one -on -one with them to help the people with disabilities meet their life goals. So it might be helping to make friends. It might be cooking. It might be just getting up and <laughs> getting through the day. Those are all the things that our support staff will do for people with disabilities in supported living. And how does supported living differ from, let's just say, a standard agency or organization, you know, one of the small provider organizations, how does supported living differ from their one-on-one -on -one services? Great question. So the biggest difference is that there is another position called a coordinator that does a lot of the behind the scenes work that makes supported living different from in-home supports or a lot of the other things. So the job of that coordinator is to do things like manage all the staff, schedule all the staff, help with things like appointments and budgeting and kind of all of those bigger picture things that happen in somebody's life, helping with housing, helping with helping people to figure out what their goals are. All of that work is done by a coordinator and is part of supported living, where in in-home you know, sometimes you'll get a PSW who might do that for you, but it's not necessarily part of their job to do that. Their job is direct support. So supported living is direct support plus that coordinator role. And that means the client doesn't have to uh, worry about whether or not somebody's coming in because the direct supporter is supposed to schedule somebody to come in and yeah, right. okay. Yeah. Right. So that's all the, the coordinator does all of that instead of the person or their family doing it. All right. And, and then you said you had three others as well. We do. Yeah. So support living is by far our biggest. It's like 90% of what we do. And it's where we have a hundred direct support staff. Like that's very big. And then, so the other three are much smaller. The second program is employment. So we help folks with disabilities to get jobs. People are, you know, we help people get jobs at all different kinds of places. Old Navy, at a daycare, at a trucking place, you know, 
Nike all over the place. And then we provide job coaching for people to who need a little extra help to learn their their role. Yeah, so that's that's program number two is employment. And both supported living and employment are funded by by government funds through through the developmental disability system. Then our other two programs are actually privately funded um, through foundations and donations. One program is called the Assistive Technology Lab. And this one is pretty fun. It's actually something that people can come experience. Any, Any of your listeners could come and visit the AT Lab and check out cool tech um, that they might want to explore. And so assistive technology is really any sort of device or strategy that will help somebody to live their lives. So sometimes they can be really, they can be high tech, like smart home technology, you know, a ring doorbell or a fancy um, stove or something that makes sure that you don't burn yourself. It can also be low tech, like a a pencil grip. If you if you struggle to hold a pencil or a pen, there can be a grip that makes it easier for you to write. So there's a whole range of what assistive technology means. And our team will work with people to do an assessment to figure out what they need and then actually tr- help train them and their team on how to use the, the technology. So that's uh, one of the programs that is newer for us. It's only about five years old, and we're we're really excited about the impact that's making. And is this the the technology lab? That's something that can help you out with uh, devices to help you communicate with somebody. Do they also do the wheelchairs as well, and the hearing aids and the seeing devices and stuff like that? Excellent question. And the answer is not usually. So what the AT Lab is doing is trying to find where the gap is in technology devices. The things that you're talking about, wheelchairs, hearing aids, those kinds of things, usually you can get through your medical provider and it's covered through insurance. And so you don't necessarily need our AT Lab to help you with that. So the AT Lab, and they know about those things, but they really focus on the tech that isn't covered by your medical provider. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that clarification. Yeah. And the and then, fourth one? Yeah. Then the fourth one is housing access. Um, and this is our newest program. And so the direct support of this program is actually helping people with disabilities to find affordable apartments in the neighborhoods they want to live in. The la- In the last year, we helped 40 people to be able to find an apartment to to live in that was affordable. And so it's it's helping people figure out what they want. We we offer a rent rent education class. So sometimes people have never been a renter before, so they don't know what their responsibilities are. So we have a a class where they can learn that. And then we help people gather all their information that they need to apply and we will apply with people uh, for apartments. We, we have a list of over 500 properties um, in the Portland area. So we've just been gathering all of the, the affordable properties. And so we'll look and see which ones match what the person wants. Sometimes it takes a long time, especially if they don't have very much money to pay for rent. But that is this kind of direct support services actually helping people to find apartments. And then 
this is an example of where we're also doing advocacy that we'll talk a little bit more about. Well, that's, I mean, now that you bring up the advocacy, you know, I, I would have a question, you know, if people run into problems with their landlords for some unknown reason, like let's say you help somebody get into an apartment this year, okay, and then next year, you know, that 16% increase in rent is supposed to go through. You know, I can only imagine people are going to have a problem with that. Does the landlord have any responsibility in helping me evade things like the heat or the cold or anything else like that? You know, I mean, do you guys help in that area as well? Yes. So, yeah, we work with people. Um, so there's like an individual advocacy component too. So all those things that you just brought up are absolutely the kinds of things we'll help people with. The other the other piece is if they need an accommodation. You know, so for like example, if they would do much better if there was a, a ramp um, to their apartment, for example, um, we can work, we will help work with them and work with the landlord to get that ramp installed those those kinds of accommodations um, in addition to yeah just helping to communicate with the landlord our our goal is for the person to be able to advocate for themselves as much as possible and for us to support them so we don't we try to not take away the voice of the of the person but certainly to support them and give them information and be there in those conversations with the landlords and if uh, something's like a little bit outside of your range, would you send them to other agencies like Central City Concern or maybe something like uh, the Community Alliance of Tenants or CAT, as it is called? Absolutely. Yes. Community Alliance of Tenants. There's also the Fair Housing Council, sometimes Disability Rights Oregon. Yeah, there's absolutely other places that we can refer if the specific issue is beyond our scope. Thank you for spending some time on housing, as I know it is going to be a really big issue come next year. Absolutely. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to move on to your newest program, if, if I'm understanding this correctly. Can you tell me about the uh, Joe Lakowski Advocacy Fund? I would and love to. I would also like to know, uh, when, when you say fund, wh what exactly are you funding? Who are you funding? How are you funding and why? Great questions. Um, so yeah, so the Joe Wykowski Advocacy Fund uh, just launched this fall. And let me first say a little bit about why it has that name. So Joe Wykowski was the founder of Community Vision and he was the executive director for over 30 years. So we wanted to honor Joe and Joe was somebody who was years ahead of other people in how he thought about people with disabilities. He was one of the, the people back when we still had institutions in Oregon. He was helping people with disabilities move from the institution to their own homes, as opposed to group homes. And so he was somebody who's kind of always was willing to buck the system and believe that people could have better lives than others thought they could. And so the reason that we named the fund after him is he's been the most important person to community vision since, since it started and, and he's retiring. And so we wanted to honor him with this fund. 
And so what the fund will do and why we're calling it a fund instead of a program is actually it will be able to give money towards advocacy efforts of community vision. As opposed to the fund doing something itself, it's really to create an income stream for advocacy. And here's why that's needed, John, is because as I talked about all of our programs, right, like the government and foundations and other people, they're willing to give money towards that direct service piece. But advocacy is a lot harder to get funded because you think about it, you know, like if most of our money comes from the government, the government doesn't want to fund you to push it to change, right? That's what advocacy is, is trying to change the laws, change the rules. And so we wanted to establish this fund so that we could do some of that bucking the system that Joe taught us to do and actually have money to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, I'm just kind of like curious. Um, So do you have to be like a client of Community Vision or is it a staff member of Community Vision or is this available to outside entities who might need help with advocacy in some way or shape or form? Great question. So what we're focusing on right now is projects. So what are advocacy projects that Community Vision wants to be doing Um, and how we will spend the money will be a combination of you know, staff members to work on those projects as well as other advocates. So for example, one of our, the a big project that we're just starting to work on right now is local housing advocacy. We're working with a group of about eight to 10 advocates with disabilities to learn about how to be organizers. And they're, they're going to have an advocacy campaign around working with local decision makers to include people with disabilities in housing um, and develop more affordable housing. So that's an example of an advocacy project that the fund would give money towards. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, This this group that you're talking about, you say about eight people, right? Mm -hmm. And these are are these all community client uh, community vision clients? Are they outside of community vision? No, they're they're not all community vision. We just put out a call for advocates who were interested in this, in learning about organizing around this topic. So we believe that it's important to build up leaders um, who have disabilities and to increase their voice. So it's for us, people that we serve are welcome to do it, but it doesn't have to be. The point isn't about community vision. It's about changing local housing. So is the um, advocacy just, uh, are the advocacy funds just focused around housing? If somebody like has some kind of advocacy proposal, can they bring it into, now I'm going to just assume that it's it would be you that they would bring it into, or is it there's somebody else that they would take that advocacy efforts to? And I, I'm also assuming that this is led by people with disabilities or that you are giving it out. I mean, if you give out the money to anybody, you're giving it out primarily to people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, the the focus is projects that Community Vision wants to advocate on, right? So it's not, we're not 
I want to be clear that we're not doing a call for proposals. <laughs> that's that's not how we're we don't I mean we don't have enough money in the fund to do that. <laughs> um, so I want to be I want to be honest about that. It is really about funding the advocacy work that Community Vision believes in. But having said that, getting to your point, the yeah, certainly I am going to be directly involved in this, but the person really leading this work is our housing access director. Um, and his name is Alan. And and he is the, the person who is really spearheading these advocacy efforts. Alan does happen to be a person with a disability um, and has lots of, of organizing and advocacy experience. He also is doing some of that direct service work on housing. So he kind of understands both sides. So to answer your question about how is, is it just about housing? No, it's not just about housing, but it is going to be focused on the areas where community vision is working. So are the four areas of, you know, direct support, employment, assistive technology, or housing. So we are going to stick with, because it, it's a community vision effort. And so we're going to stick with where we're already working. So we wouldn't, we wouldn't do an advocacy project on something totally unrelated to what we already work on. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you. I think that just about answers all my questions on, on the Joe Wachowski Advocacy Fund. We've been calling it, internally, we've been calling it the JWEF for short. <laughs> the JWEF? Yeah, so J-W-A-F, Joe Wachowski Advocacy Fund, the JWEF. <laughs> JWEF, oh, okay. And, you know, Jennifer, if people want to donate to uh, the Joe Wykowski Advocacy Fund, how would they go about doing something like that? We would love donations. In fact, we're raising money for it right now. So probably the best way is actually just to go right to our website. Um, and that is www.cvision.org. So C is in cat and then the word vision. Org, um, and there is a place to donate and you can actually select the Joe Wykowski Advocacy Fund as where you want your donation to go. Being that you are a nonprofit organization, is there still tax write-off for donating to nonprofit organizations? Absolutely. Yes. So this is within our 501c3 uh, designation, all, all donations are tax deductible. There are several ways to learn more about community vision. In addition to the website, we, we are on both Facebook and Instagram. So you can find us at, uh, for a Facebook, it's just community vision. We have a page and Instagram it's CV underscore PDX is our handle is that what that's called i don't know what they were called on instagram yeah, i don't know either but i want to mention one other way that people could get to know community vision and that is to sign up for our newsletter so the website has you know in things about what's more generally going on with with community vision but the newsletter uh, is a way to find out you know the latest stories and latest happenings will will talk about what's going on with advocacy for example and with our programs so if you want to stay more up to date then sign up for the newsletter which you can do on the website actually but then you'll get the newsletter and that'll help you know what's happening more on a a day-to-day -day basis 
Oh, okay. And when it comes to your newsletter, you guys actually have a self-advocate who writes an article in that newsletter? Do, do I, is that do. still happening? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of an advocate named Laddie, um, who is involved in several local advocacy groups, including self-advocates taking action. One of his jobs is to write what's called Laddie's Corner. Um, and so that is his thoughts on what's going on in the world and his perspective as an advocate. Um, and that is one of the articles that will appear. It doesn't always appear in every newsletter because he doesn't always want to, you know, doesn't always have something to write in his corner. But yes, that absolutely is an important part of our newsletter. And it's also just stories of what's going on with people. Um, you know, one of the things that we really believe at Community Vision is, is partnering with people with disabilities to help them, you know, live their best life. And so when people have exciting successes of getting a new job or getting into a new apartment or learning a new skill, those are the kinds of things that we want to celebrate with people. And so we'll often tell those stories um, in the web on, or sorry, through the newsletter. Okay. Well, Jennifer, I'd like to thank you very much for doing this interview with me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Is there any really quick thing you got to tell us about? I would just say, I'd love to, to end just with the idea of the whole reason we're doing this advocacy fund is that we believe in the power of people's voices. And we think it is it is so important that folks with disabilities are the ones really driving what their services look like. And so we are we are thrilled to continue to partner with people um, to, to advocate for change and just want to continue that legacy that Joe started of bucking the system um, and that it can really lead, lead to beautiful outcomes. So look forward to seeing what's next. I look forward to seeing the Jennifer Knapp fun, whatever it might be. That's the end of disability justice. Since we cannot be fully aware of everybody's difficulties within the community, we would really like it if you would send us your email, disabilityjustice at kbu.org. Also, we're always looking for fun, inexpensive things to do out in the community. Go to disabilityjustice.org at kboo.org to contact us and give us your ideas.